found it. It's the Japan Web Podcast, coming at you out of the back end of Tokyo. The armpit of Asia. It's Shinjuku Gochome, a stone's throw away from the Love Hotel District that are oddly always busy on Saturday afternoons. My name is Matthew PMBigelow.com. That's also conveniently where you can find the Japan What website. The Japan What Podcast, Matthew Bigelow. PMBigelow.com. And uh, coming back uh, four or five times strong now, who's keeping the count, not me, is... Opa! It's the one, the only, maybe, DJO. DJO. Greetings, Matt, and all of the exalted Japan What listeners. I am extremely excited, and this is no exaggeration to report mm. that I'm not dead yet, and you can still find me on Gab at Tokyo Watch. Uh, sorry if I poached your segue. Can we keep this boiling, or should we flip the skillet over to something else? You know. Yeah, let's let's make an exit from this uh, this ongoing uh, <laughs> panology we have we have here. You're uh, so hard boiled. Oh yes. Well, I, I know around you, I don't have to walk around eggshells, so <laughs> we really can just be frank with each other and uh, not worry about. Um, uh, yoking around. Right, don't be such a chicken, man. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I will just say one thing. Have you checked out the uh, podcasting 2.0 apps? Not yet. Um, I should definitely do that. They, they look great, just okay. from the user perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these podcast apps, like the Apple one started, and it was fine, and then a whole bunch of other ones started, and they looked okay, but it's getting on in the technology field now, and the podcasting 2.0 apps look great, and you can send Bitcoin through them. Oh, cool. Yeah, through like, um, you know, whatever kind of Chrome extension, and through the app itself, you can attach your app, your Bitcoin wallet to the app, okay. and then send Satoshis to podcasters uh, through these podcasting 2.0 apps. You can put this like in an offline wallet, not a... Offline, thing. online. I'm not really sure exactly how it works. But apparently the um, place to get the uh, podcasting 2.0 apps is nudepodcastapps.com. I like the name. <laughs> and I, I'm just, I, I've been plugging it because I, I signed up and, you know, we've gotten some boosts as well. Some, oh. some Satoshis have come through. Um, and they just the, the interface is designed to, to connect the user with a great interface Directly to the podcaster, Mm-mm. so there's there's not an intermediary as much. The intermediary is the the infrastructure, the 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 wallet, the you know how good the podcast itself mm. looks. So I'm going to stop talking about it because I talked a lot about it on the last podcast. But if people out there um, are daring enough to uh, boldly go where no podcaster has gone before, do join us on the podcasting 2.0 infrastructure, um, spearheaded by the one and only Adam Curry. The inventor of the podcast oh. and the um, host of uh, MTV's Midnight Ball or Rocker Ball or whatever it was, he he invented the podcast, co-invented it with some other guy who who no one remembers because he doesn't have as much hair as Adam Curry once had. <laughs> I guess shout out to Adam Curry. <laughs> All right, um, let's get into this. So we're going to begin today with a stupid product as usual, just because. We can get the pictures of the stupid product and put it on the website at MatthewPMBigelow.com. Okay. I think there's a peak millennial aspect to these new products. All right. Um, I remember about 10 years ago, the new products would be for like um, 
kind of ga- gadgets and widgets yes. before the iPhone took everything over. Mm. Um, one example would be like, um, like a, a rotary phone type handheld device that you would plug into your, your, your K-Tai, your, your cell phone. Oh, oh it, like, a, like a handheld a, receiver. Yeah, yeah. Like a, and it was, so it would look like you had like a, a big phone in your bag, but it would just be attached to the cell phone. God, you know how crazy it would look now? That'd be so funny. It would be hilarious. But I realize now that because of peak millennialism mm. and how they all have to do remote working and they don't like being challenged and everything has to be kind of, you know, like they've been living an entire generation off of prescription drugs um, and softness, like everything had to be soft and inclusive ne- and inclusive. Never oversleep again under stern supervision of threatening red panda nap cushion. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's time for a nap, yeah, and you don't want to oversleep, right? So you get this menacing looking red panda that attaches to the side of this cushion, and when you start waking up. It's leering over you in a threatening pose, and it's supposed to shock you into awakeness. Red pandas are kind of like foxes, right? Yeah, red pandas are like yeah. foxes. Okay, yeah, they're, they're like they're little small things, and they're they're more cute than threatening. Yeah, because if I got woken up by a panda, I'd just toss it across the room. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, get out of here, panda! You just give it some bamboo. Hey, it's Asia. I have bamboo everywhere around me because it's Asia. Uh, how much? So this thing, it's 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 about you know a couple feet high, attaches to a, a a cushion. You wake up and it looks like it's threatening you. How much do you think it costs? Okay, can I have a peek? Of course. I've been way off on these every week. So there you go. As you can see, it's a woman sleeping, and then there's a, a little attachment. It the the quality of the stuffed animal looks quite nice, to be honest. So that might have to factor into your decision making. Just as a gracious hint from one podcaster to another. So it doesn't make any noise. It's not mechanized. I don't I don't believe so. It's very low tech because the millennial only wants to interact with their smartphone. Right. Anything else? No, no. Just do it through the phone. Okay. So this thing is no, no. No technology because it's not attached to the phone. So if you start over sleeping, it does something? I believe it does zilch. <gasps> Ah, the adorably oh. dangerous. The pillow is soft and comfortable. This is a threatening pose. Mm. It's a plushy um, decoration or for hugging. Reproduced every fine detail from the panda's fleshy paws to its super fluffy tail. Okay. Does that website look like it has a high overhead cost? The website's pretty nice. Mm. Okay. I'm going to go... Twenty three ninety nine. Two thousand three hundred yen. Two thousand three hundred ninety nine yen. Sixty five hundred yen. I no believe. way. Yes. Oh, Sixty five bucks. Boy, when I uh, when I compensate, I really. Yeah, you, you kind of overdo it. Wow, that's uh. Yeah, from, from uh, felissimo.co.jp. I was reading as little as possible from um, japantoday.com. Via Sora News Twenty Four, which I hate, yes. which is a hate read it. Yes, you do. Which is why I only scanned for some. Listen to this: the adorably dangerous bracket or dangerously adorable. No. <laughs> 
cushion and bracket. Cushion includes a soft green pillow designed to look like grass and a stuffed red panda standing on its hind legs and holding its cute little fawn paws up by its head. Uh, how do you get to sleep in the first place with that thing standing over your head? How do you... Who's, who's dumb enough to even festoon this? Time for a nap. I'm a millennial, so I need a plushy animal to... I don't know. So there we go. Um, yeah, but the actual website where you get it is felicimo.co.jp. And what was the price? 6,700 yen. For, for less than that. I just bought myself one of these. What's that? It is an AM-FM CD player. Portable, takes batteries. Um, you can get these on Amazon for like 4,000 yen. And basically what happens is, remember all those years when you just automatically dumped all your CD into your Apple, what was it? It was Apple. Not before Apple Music. iTunes, iTunes. iTunes, yeah. iTunes, iTunes. And you, you just do that, and then, like, you know, you put your CDs away. You never listen to them again. Right. So what this is allowing me to do is to take up the quiet hours in my place. I pull out, like, an old CD that I haven't listened to a long time. Just listen to it all the way through. Yeah. You put it on and you leave it on. Yes. Yeah, it's great. It, it has no remote control. Oh, interesting. Okay, so this is... Yeah, I bought one of these for... You know, hey, you go out for, I don't know, fish and chips and a couple of pints. What's that going to run you? 4,000 yen. There you go. And this thing is forever. It's a bit fragile, but meh. Yeah. Um, I did something similar uh, with, uh, I bought a, a new CDR. Oh, a, re okay. a CDR reader. And uh, it, these things are really compact and cheap now. It's 3,000 yen. It's a USB attachment. It reads DVDs and CDs and just boop, puts it right in. And I was, I did the same thing. A lot of the times when you think about all the CDs or, or physical products that you had, they're like clothes in a way. Right. It's a memory of mm -hmm. a time and a place and something. And the yeah, digitization, yeah. like I really like Apple streaming music because I can go back to a lot of the albums I had when I was 15 years old and uh -huh. some of like the jazz I was listening to back then and find it and listen to it again. And I don't have to go and find a, like a record and a used record store and spend 12,000 yen to get mm. this thing. So I, I've been doing that, but... I've also been kind of going, yeah, just going back and listening to some some full products that's not just streaming through the algorithms. It's well, it's a, it's a yeah, different I, experience altogether. YouTube is great for that, for you know these these rides down memory lane and everything like that. But when you're in the middle of thunderstruck, and the Tokyo Gas commercial comes on, and the guy he's got the toilet flusher, and the toilet's like down here, and he's looking up here like a. It's just too annoying. It's really annoying. And there are some, like, there's, there's some... Uh, and whoa. the Japanese YouTube ads are the most annoying ads you have ever could ever watch in the whole world. Why? They, I don't know where they Why? came from, but all of a sudden, en masse, five-second, perfectly timed, super annoying advertisements. They're screaming or, or something or just making the most immature noise. Like the way K-pop took over the whole music world with pretty good music. Oh. Japan did the same thing with the worst advertisements ever for YouTube. <laughs> Touche, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, no. Yeah, but I mean, it's like you you want music. And, okay, what's my options? Okay, I could do the YouTube thing where the, I, I have to carry around my Fire Stick remote in my pocket. Um, my old music collection is now gone, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's 
Mine's all packed away. It's 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 kind of. I there. have a two year old son, so even leaving CDs out oh, is not a good oh, idea. Yeah. Frisbees, man, frisbees everywhere. Yeah, it just <laughs> coaster. It's not a good thing to leave around the house. Hmm. So, so that's why the, the streaming aspect is great. Yeah, because I have a wireless Bluetooth speaker of good quality. Hmm. Apple Music lossless technology. You just hit the button and you're streaming above the kid without a bunch of paraphernalia lying around the place. I, I could have just bought a new Bluetooth speaker, but my last one and I, we had a falling out because yeah. there was a Chinese woman inside. And when you turned it off and turned it on and did this or just that, she started talked jacking to it. Oh, she, she'd start talking. The power is off. That's annoying. Yeah, these... Power on. And it's like, okay, woman. Power on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Connecting to device. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle of the for some reason you walk in, there's nothing happening. You just walk past it, goes like is this a some sort of bird? Are you cuckolding me? <laughs> Chinese internet. <laughs> okay. So that's the uh that's that's the product we'll get into. That's I think I had one more. Oh, this will be just very quickly. This could fall into a um technology segment. All right. But I'll just bring it up right now. It's now legal to buy beer and cigarettes at self-checkout registers in Japan. There's going to be some stipulations going on, but they're, they're testing it out in some areas. It's being tested out. Japan is a high-trust society, mm-hmm. um, and you might have to, you have to scan your My Number card. That was the, that, the My Number card is a oh. Japanese digital... Infrastructure that they're trying to get citizens to use to advance digitization and do 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 do. I would I would buy. I would go to a self checkout register and use my number card uh-huh. because I've noticed in the past four or five years with a lot of the Vietnamese technical internees losing their jobs, yeah. they're getting a lot of jobs at convenience stores. But these are people that came over here to be construction workers. Right, they're not friendly people. Uh-huh. Not that construction workers aren't friendly, but they're not customer service related, right? Mm. Generally speaking, you have people at the front of the store, like a mm. waitress with serving the customers, and somebody who's not very friendly but really good at cooking, cooking in the back. But with this whole Vietnamese thing, I, I walk into a place and the Vietnamese staff guy is mopping the floor, but he's removed the handle off the mop, <laughs> and he's just holding the mop part. The, and, and then he goes in the back and makes food. Oh. So... I don't know if this is the grand conspiracy to, to get us to use the My Number card, but I would gladly go in, grab a... And not, what happens with a lot of these places is they, they put their hands on the tops of your beers when you go and buy beers. So they don't grab it from the side to scan it. Uh, uh, they grab it from oh, the top. Yeah, like down at the... I had not... Yeah. So I, people that grab it from the huh. side, yeah. grab your beer from the side are being polite. They're saying, I'm not going to put my hand over the top of your drinking device. I'm going to grab it from the side. But a lot of these people that come from these hellhole communist countries and come over here as technical internees have no idea about how to just treat people. Okay. So now I can go, I can grab two beers from a cabinet, from a cooler, Mm. uh, by the side, take it to the self-register, scan my number card, pay with cash or pay with whatever, and then leave. And not have to worry about what that Vietnamese person had just been doing and then is con- continuing to do to me. Now, you can say, well, that person's still touching the beers and putting them in. Yeah, you give, a, you give it t- uh, 30 minutes, an hour, an hour. You know, like a lot of that dirtiness goes away. You know, it, it gets killed. So that's what I'm saying. I'm willing to sacrifice 
the government potentially knowing that I occasionally buy beer from convenience stores to avoid dealing with the total wreck of uh, uh, and the bad influence that a lot of these Vietnamese, not the good Vietnamese people that are good at their job at convenience stores, just the influx of technical internees that are getting jobs in positions that should not be customer-facing. Okay, well, I, I actually had not noticed. Exclusive this, to Japan what? This thing, <laughs> I, I, I never noticed. How do I not sound racist? How, I, I never noticed this before, but you know what? I'm going to go completely opposite on you, and I'm going to say, because of how the human immune system works, I'm going to welcome whatever bacteria that guy puts on the top of my beer. Sail right through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, people say, you know, you should wash your hands because you don't know where that person has been. Mm. But the other person says, you do know where that person has been, and that's why you wash your hands. Well, actually, two studies just recently released. The one, one said masks are absolutely worthless. Yes, that's and, true. And, and the other one I'm unvaxxed and unmasked since 2020. May 2020 is when I gave it all up. I'm winning. And then there's winning. another one right on its heels which says, yeah, hand washing is good. Which we've always known, you know? We could have been through this crap already oh, if it geez. was real. Yeah, if it was. You know, okay, wash your hands. Don't pick your nose. Especially don't eat the boogers. Um, don't sneeze on people. Okay, I'm sad. down a few points there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone's talking about the balloon, and so are we. But I'm going to take us to a, a unique perspective that not a lot of people have gone through. And nobody in the entire world of podcasting will bring to you this balloon clip. Tim Hirschner of Cincinnati loves his Honda Civic wagon because he can fill it up with everything he needs to fill up his hot air balloon. So Honda Civic has been working on civilian-based balloon platforms since the 1970s. Has that clip that I found a couple of years ago and have been sitting on waiting for the time when I knew that the balloon threat would become real. And that's how we, uh, forward, think we, forward thinking we are here at Japan What Podcast, MatthewPMBigelow.com. I'll play that again for you. Tim Hirschner of Cincinnati this is an exclusive. loves his Honda Civic wagon. It's a civilian partnership. For the balloon because platform. He can fill it up with everything he needs to fill up his hot air balloon. This was a commercial, and it shows the guy parking his Civic, opening up the hatchback, and a balloon pops out of it, and he flies away into the skies. Okay, um, I'm, I'm from Ohio, so yeah, yeah, uh, people in Ohio would totally believe that, definitely. They like their balloons. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we had this balloon thing. We all know about it. Mm. It's a psychological operation. Um, I don't want to get too much into the American political side of things just because it's such a, a nightmare. You know, it is, it is how much time do we have? Uh, what do you make of this thing, though? Um, EJO? Well, okay. Today is February 8th. Going back at least a year... A lot of things happened on February 8th. What happened on February 8th, 2021, 2022? Holy crap. Oh, I don't know. Let's go back. We could go back in time and review these, but um, Abe was assassinated on the 8th. Oh, the 8th. The, the, the okay. Ukraine bridge on the 8th. 
Eighth. The Queen died on the eighth. eighth. <laughs> mm, interesting. And, and, and today's the eighth. Uh, yesterday was um, Sleepy Joe's State of the Union thing. I don't know. Maybe by the time we're done today, he'll, you know, they, they will have 25th him. Who knows? Where was I going? I forgot. Well, you, you're pulling a Joe Biden on us here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nightmare dude. Because okay. of international presentarianism. <laughs> we got unify as a... See how? See that's why we can't go down the rabbit hole. Okay. Um, now, I, now here. Okay. Let, I let follow me, it closely. I just know that it's gonna. If we do that, it's that's that's the whole podcast. Okay. Here's the thing, and and this is what we are already supposed to have forgotten that how long ago? Just like a couple of weeks, a glitch in the NOTAM system. I used to be in air traffic controllers. I know about what's NOTAM. NOTAM? Notice to airmen, it used to be, and they've, you know, since wokeified the name, but it's still a NOTAM. NOTAMs cover everything. If um, a beacon is out at an airport, if the runway lights don't work, um, if there's a large floating object in the water that they've already, you know, like a garbage patch or uh, there might be a ship that's abandoned and stuff like that. These show up in NOTAMs. And just a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I get... I, yeah, it's it's so fast these days. I, a, but a, I know a, a glitch in the NOTAM system brought all aviation to a halt in the United States. Yeah, and this is the key point of why these balloons are a concern. Now, some people say, "What a balloon? You just pop it." This oh, is oh Hindenburg. Remember that thing that fell down and you know this is nineteen thirteen technology. Why do we? Why are you so worried about it? And then there's the people who think like, okay, well, in World War II, Japan had the Fugos, I think they were called mm. the the fire incendiary balloon bombs that they released into the jet streams and were timed or were were connected to an altimeter. And when they reached a certain thing, they would drop. And an alleged family was blown up by them in Oregon. But another person by the name of Douglas Dietrich, who is a renegade historian, who worked at the Presidium or something like that in San Francisco. Yeah. In San Francisco. Oh. And he, he, he claims to know a lot of stuff. He was saying that these bombs lit up fires. Like, and it caused a lot of distraction internally in the United States during the Second World War. He also claimed, now this is interesting, that... What happens when you get the some of the top aviation engineers of World War II in the world, in Japan, combined with, this is my idea, origami? He alleges that the Battle of Los Angeles, that right. alleged UFO, yeah. was in fact a Japanese advanced balloon technology platform where the Japanese would put hydrogen in one balloon and mm. cover that other balloon with oxygen. And you would have servicemen inside the balloon, not inside the hydrogen balloon, but inside the oxygen balloon that could repair damages made to the hydrogen balloon if it was shot or if something happened. And they would they would shave their, their themselves all down and that's why they look like aliens over Roswell. It could be Japanese people from balloon bombs, from balloon platforms. And he alleges that they even got to the stage where they could create little mini bombers, mini gliders that would hang off of these giant, you know, stratospheric balloons. Not stratospheric, but, you know, at the time very high and could detach from this central balloon and, and then go on bombing missions for kamikaze purposes or something like that. So the idea of these weapons 
platforms of balloons, just being failed experiments for Led Zeppelin type of stuff is not the case at all. Now, you're going back to the idea of hacking and things like that. SoftBank, when I was there, one of my students was in charge of a balloon project, actually. Mm. Um, and this goes to the idea of sensors. And it was for rescue operations, where if, if an avalanche happened, um, people have their phones on them. They would deploy a balloon on the Alpine Resort, and it would fly over the avalanche area and look for signals coming off of cell phones or smartphones. Really isolate them. Brilliant, yeah. yeah. It's a really good idea. Hmm. Um, then furthermore, a future technology, you might be able to have little drones attached to this balloon that could then like shoot off to the side with their own sensor technology and looking for heat tracing or something like that to find um, if there's you know people buried otherwise. So you hmm. could expand the search of using balloons to fly over areas where humans can't get to, to find where people are in trouble and then get the safety services to those people as quickly as possible. The key point, though, is that their sensor technologies and hacking technologies could also be involved with that. So this Chinese spy balloon going over America might be might just be a, a weather balloon. It might be connected with EMP devices, which was another idea where you could, um, you know, fry up the electrical grid of America. But what about all the, we're in the internet age right now. Hacking would be one of those things that would be a highly likely, a highly likely aspect of this so-called Chinese spy balloon. And mm. American infrastructure is very weak for the most part, especially in the public sector. It's old. It was developed a long time ago. Um, and they could be mapping with these balloons areas to possibly hack, like weak points in cyber infrastructure that could be open to hacking. I don't know how they would do that, but that's what that weapons platform might be able to do. Boom. So two things. Um, all right. If the U.S. Space Force is anything like we've been told, probably the moment that thing got within range of us, we shut it down or we probably reverse hacked it. So there might be some stories about that that are true. But the thing is, okay, I really have to go back to this thing, okay? This is a really big balloon, and it's got some, got those dangly bits, okay? Yeah. This makes it... That's why I was talking about the Japanese gliders in right. World War II. It's, it's been a long time since these platforms can host payloads. Mm -mm -mm. So this is a danger to aviation, and we were like, wait, 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 what? It's already over Montana? Wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Your guy did it. Your guy let it happen. <laughs> Trump, yeah, three went over with, I saw a lot of comments like that. Oh, well, oh, yeah, with Trump had three. <laughs> no, 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 no. If, if this had happened during Trump's administration, he would have shot it down and then he would have sent Beijing the bill for the missile. <laughs> yeah, and his lawyer's bills too. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. <laughs> Why are these lawyer's bills coming with... Just pay them. It's you. Okay. Listen, Trump doesn't pay lawyers' fees. Beijing, you got to pay them. Okay. The question. Pay them now. The question you have to ask is while we were all looking up at the balloon, what else was happening? Because this is how things work. This Wag was, the dog territory. Oh, definitely. A, a squirrel. <gasps> the. The the balloon technology had nothing to do with the X4 wing deployment systems. What's the X4 wing deployment systems? Right, right. Where's the B3 bomber? The B3 bomber. bomber. Yeah. <laughs>
Everybody brilliant, loves brilliant the cat. Movie, brilliant movie. The people just, they watch it. And they immediately and, and, fall and, into the Hegelian dialect. They, it's like they watch it in a completely different way yeah. than the, like I watch it. Because I watch it going, holy crap, they just did that crap yesterday. <laughs> you know, Ugh. So what else is going on then? If you think, are you in that this is a distraction? It's a distraction. It was, oh my God, as far as cost effectiveness, making Pedo Pete, <clears throat> the resident, um, the phony jackass who thinks he's the president, uh, to make him look weak right before, oh my God, who was going to go to China right before? <gasps> Mr. Blinken. Mr. Austin is... I, I was I was doing pages and it's like God should I put this Blinken going to China story in and I went no something funny about <laughs> this does come back to Japan though this comes to us from JapanToday.com Japan probing links between Chinese balloon past flying object um, this is February seventh. Japan is examining whether there are links between a suspected Chinese spy balloon that the U.S. military shot down and reports of a flying object spotted on the, in the northeastern area of the nation, Japan, a few years ago. Uh, Deputy Chief Cabinet Secretary Yoshihiko Is Isozaki said at a press conference that the government has confirmed the flying object was observed in 2020 and 2021 over Miyagi and Aomori prefectures, respectively, adding it will continue to seek to establish the facts around the incident. Um, I think that's do do do. That's about it. So it does come back to um, Japan, and there, there. I've heard reports that Chinese flotillas will launch balloons and tether them to their ships, and then create little mini internets that they can use between them. Okay, that's yeah. one. That's one other example of balloons with sensor technology. Why not? Yeah, and then Perfectly there's legal with um, surveillance technology surveillance areas. Surveilling areas and remote zones. Mm. These stratospheric balloons in concert can relay information very safely and effectively to a ground base over the horizon and things like that. Mm. So the idea of these balloons being used for surveillance weapons, hacking, and identifying cyber threats, I think that's actually probably the way to go. EMP as well should be on the table. Should always, but the nuclear threat is always such a giant one. It's like, um, it's always like, hey, how do you say, you know, there's a nuclear threat? And you can also say, well, they might be looking for weak um, Wi Fi points to hack. Huh. You know, it's hard to compare those two things. But when you think about what's going on in the world right now and cyber, it could be a cyber, cyber intrusion. I mean, it is, okay, it is perfectly legal. To fly high altitude balloons, perfectly legal to do that. A lot of students okay. do that. They attach a camera to the bottom and take sure, pictures of the stratosphere. There is, you know, a, a, but the moment it becomes a hazard to aviation, you know, that's quite different. But oh man, I don't know. Balloon bombs. Balloon so, bombs. Uh, I, I'm uh, MatthewPMBigelow.com. I'll be posting pictures of some of those. Um, theoretical prototypes uh, that the Japanese were using where the, the some of the best aviation experts in the world in the World War II period were combining origami to create basically UFOs. <laughs> well, it's, you know, people, okay, well, my, uh, my, my balloon goes up and where does it go? It just goes up until it can't go up anymore and then it pops. 
But these balloons are, you think, well, how do you control a balloon? You don't have like a, you know, you don't have a rocket motor. It's like, no, 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 no. Like you said earlier, use the altimeter. Use the charts of the wind directions. You, once it, a pressure reaches a certain thing, you, I don't know. I, I don't know how they do the up and down thing. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to guess. Knowledge with, of the jet with, stream. With hot air, yeah, hot air is, is pretty. It comes cool. down over a period yeah, of right, time. Right, right, right. But this is like 65,000 feet. Yeah, you can. Planes don't really fly up there. However, yeah. if you have, what, what was on the bottom of this thing? It's like solar panels. Solar panels, an array. I would just say like. An array, yeah. Uh, uh, there was an array oh. of something yeah. on the bottom there. Something happens, this thing just goes crashing down. So where, where were the NOTAMs on this? Where were the NOTAMs? It's always in the paperwork. We're seeing America kind of crumbling at the edges at oh the moment. Oh my god! That's that's the, uh, now I know how the Romans felt like. Right? It's you know, it's like oh yeah, yeah good it, lord, oh, that's gone. <laughs> Weird corner. Tim Hirschner of Cincinnati loves his Honda Civic wagon because. He can fill it up with everything he needs to fill up his hot air balloon. Come on, people, donate. <laughs> donate. PayPal.me forward slash Japan W-U-T. You can use your American tax dollars to fund the Pentagon, or you can throw us a few shekels, why don't you? <laughs> All right. Okay, opa. <laughs> uh, you got something, or do, what do you got? Oh, let's see. Where do we want to go today? Um, okay. Uh, all right. Okay. My entire purpose for being here today is to read from this piece of paper. Is it about the eggs? Yeah. Okay, I got a clip. Coronavirus. If the Wuhan flu doesn't kill you, then media panic will. Now do whatever the government tells you to do. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I'm drinking what you're drinking, audience member. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now my goggles are on. I can see this. Okay. So this piece of paper was printed out from the NIH website, which is, open quotes, an official website of the United States government, close quotes, complete with a hyperlink labeled, here's how you know. So, believe all websites. Isn't that what they say? Yes. But believe all website. No. no. What, women? <laughs> believe all women. If You're messing with me. No, no, no. Women no. Stop, says stop, that you stop, believe stop, it. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter about the website. Right, right. Believe the all websites. The website's a woman. You believe the women website. Definitely. Okay. So, uh, anyway, this paper is not the entire reason I'm here because there's a, a Chinese waitress in this story. <clears throat> Always a Chinese waitress involved. <clears throat> okay, so the NIH website, as some of you know... It's so funny. <laughs> you look like Santa Claus. That was a clip. That wasn't me. <laughs> okay, uh, the NIH website is the host of some surprising papers, and if you don't believe me, please be seated. Put What's the NIH? NIH, the uh, National Institutes of Health. Okay. U.S. government website. Yes. Here's how you know. <laughs> Okay, so put be seated, put your tray tables in the upright position, and search NIH ivermectin cancer. While you're doing that, Matt, you should probably run your commercial. 
But, okay, so where, where this piece of paper comes from is if you search for NIH, yoke, Y-O-L-K, COVID. Here is the headline. As far as I can tell, this was put up in January 2021, which is how two years ago. Amazing. Yeah, quite a two while. Two years ago. Wow, how curious. Here's the headline. Chicken egg yolk antibodies, IGYS, block the binding of multiple SARS-CoV-2 spike protein variants to human ACE2. Now that sounds like a mouthful, but we're going to break it down for sure. I'm familiar with this stuff. Some people say ACE2. Some people say, say ACE2. Oh, probably uh, ACE2. It, it depends. I'm just saying a lot, of, a lot of people who read documents voice it one way in their head and another way in their head. So you, I'm just clarifying for the audience. Oh, good point, good point. Some, yeah, some people might say ACE, some people might say ACE. Just, just saying. Okay. All right. So this study evaluated the potential efficacy of egg yolk antibodies as a neutralizing agent against SARS-CoV-2. We investigated the neutralizing effect of the anti-spike S1 on the SARS-CoV-2 pseudovirus, as well as its inhibitory effect on the binding of the coronavirus spike protein mutants to human ACE2. Those are receptors in the lungs, right? Right. Our results show that the anti-spike showed significant neutralizing potentially potency against SARS-CoV-2 pseudovirus, various spike protein mutants, because they love mutations, and even SARS-CoV in vitro. Yeah, babies. And what, okay, let's sum this up. This is just another point where people are telling you not to eat eggs. I, so if you eat eggs. I eat eggs, I had two this morning. Oh, God, I, 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 I bought a, a special skillet. pan just to cook them. I got a skillet. I bought a $200 skillet with my Furosato Noze donation. So good. So for two years, now, I, you know, it, look, it's on the U.S. government website, which means it passed a certain muster. For two years, we've known it's that, woke. that eating more eggs will protect you from virus mutations. And we're going to go back to one thing I said before. Look, there's always a virus. No yolk. No <laughs> Okay, now, all right, so I see this, and then I see reports that, holy crap, there's egg farms going up. There's a scandal right now that's developing where egg farmers who were buying chicken feed from one company getting different results from people who are just like doing it naturally. Okay. Yeah. So there are some people say the the grain and the feed because of the war that that, that in Ukraine are affecting oh, gas oh, production my and stuff God, like that. The, those Ukrainians and the war on eggs. Oh Jesus. Yes. I can't take any more of this shit. Well, I have a I have a report here from the Mainichi. Okay. Egg price hits Egg price hikes hit record high in Japan due to Russia's war on Ukraine. That's from the Mainichi, Japan. Oh and this is that's from January 20th, 2023. And seven days ago, from NHK, 
Bird flu squeezes egg supply in Japan. Bird flu has led to a record 12.3 million chickens being culled in Japan since October, the country's agriculture ministry says. It's, it's, oh man. I've heard that some people are doing using the PCR tests on the chickens or, or, or something like that. The PCR is also involved. Oh, that is, makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. It, let's, okay. All right. Okay. Let's, let's, okay. Let's, let's, let's. I'm not sure if the PCR was involved in the two news articles that I just cited. Well, that's okay. No, no, let's just use a completely unrelated test. No, the other day at the, at the Combini, there was a little sign. On the shelf where the boiled eggs used to be saying, we don't have any boiled eggs because of bird flu. And I almost crapped myself right there from the just laughing. Yeah. So freaking hard. There is a war. <laughs> there definitely is a war. This is a fifth generation war. It's informational. It's, it's it, on our food systems. Um, it's weird because it's like, okay, all the chickens are disappearing. Not all the chickens. We're seeing a massive decrease in the amount of chicken offerings. Well, at the same time, you can eat bugs. Bugs oh. are now everywhere. Oh. So the supply chain is robust for bugs. But chickens, no. We need to, we need to slowly edge in the, the bugs into the supply chain for human consumption and get rid of those pesky chickens because we're ruled by lizard people and they're tired of eating bugs in private, and they want to be able to go to a restaurant and order a giant pile of bugs and not feel ashamed. So first they have to get us to accept their weird interplanetary takeover diet, uh, eschew all of our customs, and uh, join them on their bug quest to terraform the world into an insectatorium. Uh, so, Matt, what, what I think I hear you saying is that we should kill all the elites, uh, even though some of them might be a grandma. Cruel bastard, I like him a lot. Wait, did I say that out loud or did I just think it? Kill uh, grandma. So, so in addition to grannies, do we have the data for daddies and uncles? Because it seems like there might be a lot of them. You just, uh, fr frankly, I'm surprised that you're so eager to fire up the wood chipper, but let's not waste that enthusiasm. Yes, yes, yes. Tap that into your computer and see what we got. Want to be inclusive? You know, that's what the kids are saying. No, no, no. <laughs> Grandfathers get a pass because, yeah, I'm a grandfather. Yeah. But uh, grandmother's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Kill all the elites. Have we checked it? <laughs> this could be adjacent to... Coronavirus. If the Wuhan flu doesn't kill you, then media panic will. Now do whatever the government tells you to do. Have you heard about this of people dying when they get out of hot springs? Oh, good Lord, no, no. You've been in Japan for a long time. Oh, uh, yeah. This comes to us from a Korean news website, um, the Honey, uh, the Hankyore, honey.hani.co.cr. Mm. Heat shock kills three Koreans during recent visits to Japan hot springs. The sudden change from cold to a warm environment can cause a rapid spike in blood pressure, leading to stroke or heart attack. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll read this. What should have been a fun package trip to Hokkaido, Japan, for Lee Hyung Hong, 51, and his family ended in tragedy. Lee's father, 76, died after experience a sudden rise in blood pressure while enjoying a hot spring bath at their hotel during the Lunar New Year holiday. 
After finishing his bath, Lee was waiting for his father outside when he heard a commotion coming from inside the hot spring. Dreading the worst, he rushed back into the hot spring, only to his father receiving CPR from another bather. Is this gay? <laughs> the aid that followed was not adequate. Okay. <laughs> Big hard-ons. Most of the... Okay, I'll stop. Stop. Most of the aging hotel employees... Uh, were too flustered to provide assistance, and the automated external defibrillator, defibrillator uh, the vibrating dildo, meant for such emergencies. <laughs> the family's local guide arrived 30 minutes after Lee's father collapsed. I'm sorry to joke about this person dying. It's horrible. And an ambulance came around 40 minutes after being called. Um, so people are saying that one person died in Beppu, Kyushu in December 22, mm. while in Korea in January, two Koreans died, one in Beppu and one in Sapporo, Hokkaido. Okay. All were elderly and died to due to a sharp due to sharp spikes in blood pressure known as the heat shock reaction. I'm gonna stop it there. Okay. All right. So like even Japanese get these warnings. It's like, you know, if you are if you've had too much alcohol, don't do this, don't do that. If you have a heart condition, okay, this thing with going from the hot water to the cold water, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I have three friends who obviously, who object every time to going into the cold water, so I don't do that. No, it's a shock. And there's going to, but there will be more. Do you think that's... um? There will be more. Is that a virus? Is that is that a okay? There, is this a coronavirus thing? There, is it a vaccine there, thing, or is it just a thing? There, there was. I don't a, know. I don't was, know anymore. There was an interview recently on the Bongino show with Doctor Malone, which was so goddamn. Doctor Malone is one of the. Uh, yeah. uh, he has. A, he was involved in a lot of the patenting of mRNA mm. technology, and he's speaking out against this um, vaccine rollout. And a lot of the WEF stuff very effectively. So, so Robert, is, Robert, Dr. Robert Malone, his sub, sub stack is who is Robert Malone, if you're interested. In. Okay. I, I, I follow it. Yeah, you good. know that. That's yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, in this, I, 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 I suffered through most of this because what he was talking about was okay, now all of a sudden you have this reaction where the blood has to go from one place to the other, like through some capillary beds, and it's getting screwed up there. And there also might be testosterone involved, which is probably why they're trying to, you know, make everybody eat soy. Mm. Uh, but testosterone is also another thing. This reaction with your blood, it's in the blood. You got to take care of your blood. You got to keep your blood pure. You also got to drink some whiskey to thin <sighs> it out. Oh. Come on, people. Is that right? Wow. <laughs> it's, it's a health drink. It's a health drink. Despite the snoring that angers your wife. Um, okay, so I'm not sure if that was coronavirus linked or not. It's just mm. kind of a heat shock kills three Koreans during recent visits to Japan's hot springs. Never heard of that before. It's the sudden death he died or she died suddenly thing. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> so it's a little bit strange. It does happen, though, so it could be... I'm just, I'm, you know, these days it's like, well, you never know. You this really is, don't this know. Is, this is such a crap time to not be in the death business, man. I'm telling I should have moved over. I should have made the move years ago. <laughs> let's take a look at, um, let's do war. We're going to do a lot of war. I'm not sure if I have a, oh. I'm not sure if I have, okay, let's do that. 
Japan at war. I've been following some aspects of Japan at war. Last week, the Mr. Jens from NATO, NATO, he was in oh. town. NATO is looking to drum up support for I, the war in Ukraine. I printed out that story. Oh my god! Yeah, I have with me today, and we're going to just look at a couple of excerpts. It's hard to tackle this because it's so vast. Mm. But this is from the Japan Institute of International Affairs, and it's headed up by a previous um, government worker of high level, who also went to the University of Tokyo or Todai Tokyo uh. University. And their special annual report for 2022, this is the Japan Institute of International Affairs. The cover, I screenshot it. Oh, good Lord. No, no way. No, no way. A giant yellow stripe on the bottom of the page, of the front of the page of the report. A giant blue stripe. Uh, kind of reminds me of Ukraine. And then um, somebody is protesting in the background holding up a sign saying, Stop Putin's war. It's blue skies over golden wheat fields. Remember how? Yeah, that's it. It's, it's so the oh, idea that, that Japan, wow. and if you watch Japanese TV when I was up in, in the northern provinces, they always feature Ukraine in the news all the time. So the idea that, Japan is not involved in this Ukraine war is beyond, it's ridiculous. It's beyond ridiculous, but it's true. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like plastic and a microphone for an enjoyable podcast experience. So, so I, I've just quote, I've exerted two small things. And these report. I'm going to post them up at the website, MatthewPMBigelow.com. Let's get into it. They're like 80 pages long, and they're da-da-da-da-da, and it's, they repeat the same things. Um, I'm also going to post something from um, the, a Japanese government document that pretty much repeats the same thing, the national security strategy of Japan. So the the, the one that I'm going to talk about right now is a think tank. Oh, shit. <coughs> I'll edit that out. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you like my plastic now? <laughs> Thank you. <That's> safe. <laughs> All right. And so I'm just going to read these two quotes, and I'm going to post these up at the website, like I said. One's from the national government, um, and one's from a think tank. And this is towards the end where they get into the the, the conclusions. Part one, security and defense. Based on the national defense strategy, a permanent joint command will be created to reinforce the Japan Self-Defense Force's integrated operational structure. This will eliminate situations in which the chief of the joint staff is required to assist the Minister of Defense while also directing unit operations. This is where it gets more interesting. The Air SDF will be renamed the Aerospace SDF to step up space utilization. The SDF as a whole will be empowered to take on cyber defense 
an active cyber defense will be introduced to penetrate suspicious access sources in order to prevent attacks. This is because it is widely recognized that cyberspace is already in a state of warfare, and that passive cyber defense, which can only respond in the event of a contingency, is not sufficient to deal with the situation. Japanese love putting situation at the end of sentences. The circumstances require revision of the law to enable active defense while ensuring the secrecy of communications as stipulated in Article 21 of the Constitution. So that's a pretty dramatic revision. This, yeah, it like, and, and it's just, oh, well, because of this, this, it's like, no, 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 no. It's to stop Putin's war. Well, that's no. what that's what the front page of this. Well, thing I'm was. sure that's what it says in the front page, but no, this has to be against China, Europe. So part two is Europe. Little mm. word. We're gonna have to wrap this up because we're out of beer. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, beer. Beer. I mean, if that's what the person listening to this is drinking, it's beer. But if it's something else, that's what it is. It could be. Dinky Budon. There we go. Electric, or yeah. electric brandy. <laughs> As, and this is the part two from Europe. As discussed in the national security strategy, Japan needs to further strengthen cooperation, including on security, with European countries. I have no idea why. The EU and NATO, with whom it oh, shares common values. Common values. As the global balance of power changes, the new world order. That's what that means. European countries are also taking a growing interest in the Indo-Pacific region. That always ends well. And increasing their activities such as dispatch of ships and aircraft and participation of joint military exercises, although there are some differences in the level of interest and involvement. In order to maintain the commitment of European countries and organizations and to strengthen cooperation with Japan, it will need to continue to encourage these countries and organizations to better understand the strategic importance of the Indo-Pacific region and the seriousness of its security environment. Cooperation with the framework of the G7, of which Japan will assume the presidency in 2023, would also be beneficial in strengthening relations with European countries. My brain is being massaged. Yeah, well, we're, we're being led into war. That's what this means. Get ready, folks. It's important, too, that Japan continue its active support for Ukraine with regard to Russia's aggression against Ukraine, which poses the greatest security threat to European countries and has a serious impact on their eco economies and expectations for Japan's role as the G7 presidency are also high in this regard. Yeah, no, no, we're being led down the path. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's the only thing that that means. Um, so we have war in Japan. Um, I'm going to post these links again to MatthewPMigelow.com. This is the Strategic Annual Report 2022. It's titled The End of the Post-Cold War Era and the Future of the U.S.-Led International Order. So... Whenever I review these things, I just kind of go, everything is just, hey, U.S., you, we'll support you. <laughs> wow. There's not a shred of like, what's in this for Japan? Uh, if Germany goes green, are they going to be pumping out BMWs or are they just going to shift their manufacturing to China? Yeah, yeah. And then Japan that. will just get them from China. So this whole idea of politically we're with Europe, but business we're in China is not going to last. <laughs> it could. I could be so wrong, but it just seems so diametrically opposed 
you can't hold these two values once they start diverging from each other. But I mean, what 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 is the end game? Like you said, is are, are we being led into war? We're being drummed into it like nothing else. I just got one final thing, and then and then I'm done for the day. Hmm? All right, this this is gonna be fun. Okay, all right. So the human race has come a very long way from you know sacrificing virgins because that pleased the gods to sacrificing anyone because it pleases George Soros. But when the breakdown happens, and it will, the first people to die because there's no more food on the shelf die of starvation. The second wave of death, I'm thinking 50-50, but killing other people for food will prevail and it's going to get ugly. Let's remember that Three years ago, there were scuffles in Japanese supermarkets over toilet paper in a country where I don't know how many percent of people have washlets, where they don't actually need much toilet paper, okay? So, okay, I want to do a, a World Cup-style shootout. Oh, okay, let's do it. Sounds right, like fun. Okay. okay, now these are items not on the usual list that you are keeping... Just in case it all crashes. Okay? I'll do one, you do one. We judge each other as 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 as, as have Oh, all. okay, sure. Like tennis oh, or okay. So so like on the usual list, what do you got? Oh, you should have batteries and water and this yeah, type yeah, of stuff. Sure. If, if there's an earthquake. Okay. Um what would that be called? Um uh Redundancy backups. There you go. There you go. Okay. All right. These are not redundancy. These are all purpose. Okay. Purpose saves. Sure. Okay. So, okay. All right. So, this is the shootout. Okay. So, shot number one organic, raw chia seeds. I have about a kilo of these. Chia seeds are a superfood. The cool thing about chia seeds is if you need eggs for a recipe, you can take a couple of grams worth. Let them soak in hot water. And they turn into a pet. Well, I don't know how that chia pet thing works. Chia. <laughs> I always wanted to make the chia armpit. Mm-mm. Where well, you have well, an armpit and you put the seeds into the armpit and <laughs> grows a giant chia bush out of some armpit. Chia. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so chia, chia, chia seeds, chia seeds are, are... Noted, noted. Okay, so, okay, it's a superfood. You can sprinkle them on salads. You can sprinkle them into anything. Um, they do expand, so, yeah, okay. So it's a substitute for eggs, chia seeds. All right, your shot. Okay, um, you've prepared a list. I'm just going off the bat here. Um, I would say... Because uh, that's how it's, it's fair. <laughs> I would say a month worth of frozen beef. Oh, Okay. In, in in the freezer, mm-hmm. yeah. That that and does take some effort. It does take some effort, but mm-hmm. you seal them up, seal up the bags, and you vacuum seal them and double bag them just in case the power goes out. You can still save them for a few days, and you could cook up a bunch of them at the same time. And so I would say, because beef energy is good energy, mm-hmm. and it lasts a long time in your system. Um, a lot of people stopped eating beef in the eighties and nineties. Beef just lost in your system. It's like, hmm, maybe that's a good thing. So I would say a month's worth of frozen beef uh, in the freezer. Yes, That's pretty good. Now, now, if the power goes out, anybody at home, you, you see these big sake boxes at, uh, at the supermarket. 
drink a few of those, fill them with water, put them in your, put them in your freezer. Power goes out, they will still be ice. That's right. Okay, okay. Good. 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 Into the world scenarios. Okay. And now he's staying up for his second penalty shot. Uh, turmeric and cinnamon. Uh, I mean, I have probably way too much, but turmeric. Turmeric's good for everything. I have a kilo of turmeric in the house. You have oh, to. Yeah. You have to. Oh, you yeah. have to. Definitely. Uh, it's, um, what, what is it? One tablespoon is basically equal to one Tylenol 3. Yeah. There's been a study done in... India. 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 <laughs> get, you get your turmeric and it's like a Tylenol 3. <laughs> you don't need a pharmaceutical industry to take this. It's a great substitute. And anywhere in India, they have turmeric and people can take it. And we're very good that they're not going to be cheated or scammed by some rogue doctor coming in from the NATO Institute to take it. And it's fine and it's good. And we actively encourage people to uh, take it. Not the Tylenol 3, but take, take the turmeric. It's very good. I, 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 I am pretty sure I have to award you a goal on that. So. <laughs> oh, excellent. Oh, you're going to like this one. This okay. Next. Okay. Diatomaceous earth. Oh, that sounds interesting. Okay. Diatomaceous earth. You can, if, you're, if you can't figure out how to spell it, just type in D-E in Google. Okay, so diatomaceous earth. Okay. First part of that word is diatom. Basically, they found these beds of where of diatom settlements are in various places in the world. What's a diatom? A di diatom is a very tiny organism. D-I-A-T-O-M. I can't. Anyway. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, diatomaceous earth. Um, diatomaceous earth, if you, you can make a... It will kill insects in a very devious way because insects walk through it and they get this powder inside of their joints and then pretty soon... Uh, Okay, okay, yes. Yeah. I, I, okay, now I know. What, what, Ajax, I think, is um, a chemical compound product that we used in Canada back when I was living there. You would, we had Ajax when I was a kid. Yeah, you would you'd put like a, a line of it, like a line of Coke or something like <laughs> in front of your door, and you wouldn't snort it. You would just, the ants wouldn't go past it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Something um, like that. So another thing about diatomaceous earth is it can be made into filter material. Oh, don't use Ajax for that. No, don't use Ajax for that. So you can, and it's also a natural dewormer for the same mechanism. Ivermectin. I described earlier. No, 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 it's a, it's a dewormer. Basically, you, okay, what you can't do is let it contact with plastic or steel. Okay. Me metal, metal or plastic, because that will change the electric charge. But yeah, you okay, can drink, yeah. um, I don't know, like a teaspoon of diatomaceous earth in a large glass of water, and that will help against worms. Here's my counter. That's kind of a three-prong. Here's my counter. Um, you need three one-liter bottles of varying bleach solutions. Solution huh. meaning a water, liquid solution. Right. One is a half and half, huh. which is super strong. It's not for drinking. Is for cleaning purposes. Mm -hmm. So if you have some um, mold or something that like comes into your house, you use the half and half bleach solution uh, for cleaning purposes. Uh, then you would put a couple of drops into the other twos as a purified water solution for when times get really bad. Mm. 
you have a backup for um, purified water. Not the best, but better than drinking out of a muddy bathtub. Yeah. And, and, and to have it in advance, that's really important. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the half, the half and half bleach solution would keep your place really clean for a long, long ass time. Mm. Okay, good. Goal awarded. Yeah. There we go. All right, okay. This next one's going to mess with you a little bit. All right. Okay. Um, I discovered a few years ago that these disposable razors that they sell for like 100 yen in the store, Yeah. you can keep using them forever. Basically, razors yeah. for like my face for when yeah. I'm shaving yeah, 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 at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. shaving. Okay, what? Okay, what was what was his name um, in uh, 1984? Winslow? No. Oh, uh, Winston. Winston. Yes. What was Winston's biggest regret walking home on these nights? Right. He, he couldn't. Have, he couldn't get the shavers. He, he couldn't get razors. He couldn't get razors. Okay. So you he would, can, he would put his razor on like a piece of dust over the top of a book to make sure that the government wasn't screwing with them. Right, right, right. But they were. Okay. So yeah, we 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 use these disposable razors every day and we toss them in the thing, but it what you need to do is I'm sure everybody has a, an old pair of jeans. You just take these things and you can basically keep them sharpened. Sharpen them on the jeans? Yes. Oh, interesting. Use you right. use denim is common. You can also use like uh, there's other things like the rough side of a sponge or something like sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, well, so it's a blade. You sharpen the blade. Okay, I get so, it. So, yeah, so, right. so I, it's I've not got, that far I've, out. I've, it is far out, but I like how how unfar out it seems. I've so I've got a couple bags of these things under the floorboard. A couple old pairs of jeans. I could get fancy with some stitching, and yeah, you could sell shaving kits. I can do that probably like fifty times. I would I would have a a case of thirty bottles handles of Jack Daniels. Okay, now you're hoarding. All right, that's unfair. That's but in case things really go down, <laughs> you have a couple of drinks a night. It could keep your head together uh, oh. while everything is going down. Oh. You know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you a goal on that, be- but but here here it is. All right. All you're right. getting goals too. I'm just not saying that. I know that's okay. That's okay. But but you're you you have a lot of goals. I have, I have, I have the secret. Who 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 was who was the shootout expert at the World Cup? Messi, Messi or, or yeah. somebody? Okay, All Mbappe. Right. I want you. To, I, I I want you to. I'm going to introduce you to the Lionel Messi of. Items not on the usual list that you are keeping just in case it all crashes. What's that? That's oxygen. Oxygen? A five-liter can of oxygen. You just plomp that onto the podcasting table. I did did exactly that. Why? What's going on? Oxygen? Hmm. Well, this is something that is... I'm going to take a picture of this and put it onto the website, matthewpmbigelow.com. If you're interested to see this uh, o, this can of O2, make sure to go there, because this is an exclusive. You're not going to get this anywhere, anywhere else. else. Ah. And I, I, you, you are not in the picture because you are... Um, you are not, you know, you're, you're using your DJ name, so. <laughs> yeah, oxygen, oxygen. What happens when somebody glitches 5G and turns it up too much? We can't process oxygen anymore. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, I've got six cans of these. Interesting. 
I, I'm, I'm just going to say I win and, you know, look for a way out. Like, yeah, don't fuck with gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these things are not bad. These things are not bad. Any anything else in this no, regard? I, that that is, I, I am prepper moment. As as uh, Austin Towers will say, and I'm spent. <laughs> We're almost done here. Mm, okay, yeah, we'll do it. Fifteen minute cities. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, this comes to us. The idea of a fifteen minute city is basically a prison camp where you feel great for being in prison. Huh. Um. This comes back to us via Toyota. Let's just let me begin. The World Economic Forum, WEF, WEFforum.org, agenda, 15-minute city stickiness. There's dystopia, utopia, and eutopia. In a stark contrast to the 15-minute city is the predominant urban trend of the 20th century that's... Uh, I, screw all that. So a 15-minute city is a great place if you can leave it. Um, but they're, they're trying to promote that there's a e-utopia. So they're saying that a dystopia, there could be a smart city that's a utopia, such as Songo City in South Korea and Mazdar City in Abu Dhabi, even though they're largely considered soulless failures. Then there's the dystopia, which would be like, you know, the... the you know, the George Orwell type scenarios. This is, yeah, uh, but then there's the eutopia. Oh, okay, <laughs> the eutopia, a town planning term coined by 19th century Scottish polymath Patrick Giddies. It comes from the Greek origin of eu, uh, u, meaning good, and topos, meaning place, comprising folk, work, and place. Eutopia is the best possible manifestation of a city. That comes to us from the World Economic Forum. Oh. They read like strange cultists, eh? Like. In stark contrast to the 50-minute cities, the predominant urban trend of the 20th century that continues in the current one, namely rapid urbanization, both dystopian and utopian. Uh, it's like, you're talking like a weirdo. Okay, so they say, in Japan, hope springs eternal. Topia, to Toyota's woven city is now under construction in Japan. Between dystopia and utopia, uh, is eutopia a town planning term coined by that person? Okay, so woven city. I, I remember working at SoftBank when this mm. thing came into place. It's basically they took a giant area that wasn't being used, right. that was owned by a Toyota, mm. and they're trying to find all this connection and stuff like that to it. Smart meters, smart and, meters, and, and smart everything. So what I'm trying to say is, and this is a weird way to go around it. I went to Toyota Woven City, and it's woven city.global forward slash updates woven okay and this is this is the updates this is the this is the hope springs eternal according to the world economic forum a safety prayer ceremony for woven city phase one was held that was in october 2022 december 23rd 2022 toyota school is visiting a lecture program november 4th 2022 we participated in the International Conference on Intelligent Robots and Systems. We participated in the Community Friendship Festival. We hosted our first Woven City Diversity event. We hosted our third Woven City Tech Meetup, Robotics. Obviously, this is, um, this is not exactly 
the solution to everything that the World Economic Forum is saying. And <clears throat> this will be the final thing that we have to say today. All right. This ties into Koji Sato, who is the new Toyota CEO. <sighs> oh, I looked at him, and if we look at his background and everything, we might see like the the woven city as a canard or a distraction, mm. or it's just like a token. We are investing in these future things. Can't come up with anything else, so let's do a press release on the woven city. But the new CEO is Koji Sato. Huh. He's currently the chief branding officer, and he's the president of Lexus International Co., and he's also the president of Gazoo Racing Company. Mm. But check out his credentials. He graduated from Waseda University, um, mechanical engineering. So what I'm trying to say is this guy loves diesel. This guy doesn't want to be EV. This next guy is one of the major um, engineers that this company has ever seen. Toyota is going to go anti-woke. Wow. So in conclusion... Toyota might go anti-woke. This new CEO might pursue these SDGs and everything as a minor thing. Hopefully, he wakes up to the fact... No, he wait, he's already awake to the fact that all this SDG and ESG stuff is a scam. Mm. They put it out there as a, as a distractionary balloon, like we saw earlier. Mm. And um, they continue to develop technologies and solutions that um, go against this whole insane new world order that's focused on war, bugs, turning off all of our energy, putting us onto electrical grids that then don't work because they're powered by um, solar panels and um, windmills. So uh, all I can say is that Koji Sato, cards are in your hands. Um, fight for the benefits and look for the future. And don't um, screw over the people of Japan, including us who are living here such as myself. Keep that wood chipper fired up. <laughs> and remember the prophecy paradox. Those who say don't know. Those who know don't say. I'm you, DJO. Yeah, you've been listening to the Japan Web Podcast with me, Matthew, pmbigelow.com. And DJO, who is not dead yet. Unvaxxed and unmasked. <laughs> coming at you from the back end of Tokyo, the armpit of Asia, Shinjuku Gojome. <laughs> King of the Ring. <laughs>